Welcome to Real Personal Finance. I'm your host, Scott Frank, CFP, CFA charter holder, and founder of Stone Steps Financial. And I'm your host, James Canole, CFP, MBA, and owner of Root Financial Partners. The premise of our show is simple. Money can be confusing, but it doesn't have to be. Our goal is to answer real personal financial questions that we hear from our clients and our listeners. Each episode, we answer one personal financial question in a clear and understandable way. Because money is a tool. And when you understand the language of money, you can make better decisions to improve your financial life. Hey, Scott. Hey, James. How are you today? (laughs) Jinx. (laughs) It's a lot harder to get the timing down when we're looking at each other on the screen instead of in person. Uh, it is, yeah. We'll, we'll one day soon. We'll be able to be back together. Uh, thank you for all of you who are listening to those people at that be, the powers that be and sheltering in place, so that we can all get back to life as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. Well, while we're doing this, I got a lot more time on my hands. In some yeah. ways, <laughs> in some ways, maybe a lot less. And I've been researching stocks. And to me, the question that's coming up a lot is, is now a good time to invest in stocks? What should we be doing? Uh, obviously, with the coronavirus stuff going on, the economic stuff going on, it's impacted the stock market quite a bit. Is yep. now a good time to buy stocks? Yeah. Um, good Good question, right? Uh, and there's a, a, a few ways to think about that. So what's your first answer? Should I buy stocks? You, you, I got to give the answer that you hate hearing. I'm going to say short answer, it depends. Long answer, probably yes, depending upon the scenario. But we're yeah. going to walk through that framework. To, to, yeah, to and I, I, couldn't ag- that. I couldn't agree with you more, James. Like it, it, the, the answer that every, every financial planner will give if they're worth their metal is it'll always start with it depends. And that's because it depends on your specific situation. Right. And the first question that I think, uh, let me know if you feel any differently, James, the first place that I would start if someone came to me and goes, hey, and people have, they've been coming and they've been saying, hey, there's an opportunity, you know, uh, we've we've actually, you and I do work on this. And we've talked about this in the past to teach people that when when markets go down, um, it's not necessarily a time to, to, to panic or be fearful, but a time to realize that we can rearrange our portfolios as they already exist so that we own more of the market for the future, or uh, for people who have extra money to come in, view it as like Nordstrom's half annual sale, where all of a sudden we can go get quality things at a discounted price, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? So that's, that's the first thing that, it, that, that the reason why we want to show up and buy. But then from there, the first question always becomes, will you be okay? Do you have enough on the sidelines now for cash flow to be okay if anything happens before we go put this mm-hmm. money to work? Right. That's where I would start. Yeah, I agree with you. It's, it, I think a lot of people f- are finding, especially the past couple months, tragically in many cases, you could be the greatest investor in the world and, and, and have the best picks in the world. But if you lose your job and if you are out of income and if you need money to survive or live on and there's nothing there except for those stocks, well, now all of a sudden you've got to sell those stocks at a discount as the markets drop substantially and even if they were great investments, it's really, it's backfired on you. So the first thing that you want to do is make sure that do you have that cash on hand, call it an emergency fund, think of it as like a moat that protects the rest of your investment life to say, if you have that in place, then yes, that gives you some freedom and flexibility to be able to invest. 
and endure the ups and downs, uh, mainly downs that we've seen the past couple months, and be just fine doing so because you don't need to access that money or live on that money anytime in the near future. Yeah. And you know, when people, you know, even where the way we're posing the questions, the way people come to us with this is, should I invest in the market right now? Which is how they almost everyone, all of us always think, but nine, I don't know about you, James, but I have, I have very few clients who are, I don't actually, I don't think I have any clients who are 100% invested in the stock market. Our clients are also invested in the bond market for the exact reason that you just gave, right? The, the cash emergency fund is like the real moat. The next mm-hmm. moat within a portfolio is the bond portfolio, this safer place to allow for funds to be available if we do need to go rebalance an account. Or if you need funds in a, a downturn, you lose your job, you go through the three to six months of cash flow that you need and now you need another place. Well, here are these bond funds that we can go pull from too. So I, I think that's a lovely point that you just made. Why don't we assume that, that um, someone has their, their funds and they are good to go. So they, they have extra cash. They have extra cash flow. They want to take uh, part in this opportunity. What's the next thing you're going to think about before you give them the, the yes or no on is it a good time to buy stock? I think the next question is what are you buying it for? Which is really just a question of what's the time horizon for this? Mm-hmm. Are you investing in stocks today so that you can pull the money out in a couple couple months to buy a car or to buy something that you might need or to buy whatever it is? If that's the case, it might be a terrible time to buy stocks because we have no idea what's going to happen in the next month or two months or three months. We may go through another sharp decline. Mm-hmm. But if you're looking at this saying, hey, I want to buy more stocks because I want to put more away for my retirement or because I want to put more away for this college fund that my kid's not going to need for another 10 plus years or I want to put more away just in general investment that I have no intentions of touching, mm-hmm. then that's a completely different reason to buy stocks. So the next thing you really need to know is, is how long do you have to let these investments work out for you before you may need to access them? Yep, absolutely. Well said. Um, okay, and so I'm going to make the assumption that they we are going to we have money to weather the storm, and uh, the time horizon is long enough that it warrants investing in the markets. Mm-hmm. Um, where where should I go put it? What should right. I do with it? So so I have permission. You're telling me I have permission to buy yeah. stocks. <laughs> permission granted. Yeah. Permission granted. So the next thing you're going to look at, and, and, and it, so there's a couple of things. Some people they just want to buy stock because they say, hey, it's a fun account. I want to buy this or buy that. And just, it's, it's almost like a gamble or a fun account. That's, that's one thing. What, what we oftentimes like to look at, though, is what's the next absolute best use of those dollars that you're going to invest? And when you look at that, there's a few things that you're going to look at. Primarily, if it's a long-term account, well, can you increase your retirement savings? So whether that's your 401k through your work. Maybe it's a, an IRA or if you're not employed or if you don't have an, a 401k plan through work. You do that, look at putting money in your HSA, your health savings account. That's another great place to invest money into stocks. And then if you've done both of those, you talked about, well, can you do a Roth IRA or at least a backdoor Roth IRA contribution? So it's not just about, is it a good time to buy? The answer may be yes, if you have a long time horizon, but where is that growth going to have the most impact? upon your overall financial picture. And it's oftentimes in a retirement account, like one of those. Absolutely. So, uh, to, and to your point, and this is the work, why we do the work as financial planners that we do with clients is looking at what are, what are the, what's the ultimate aim for you in your life? And then, so we understand when an opportunity does arise, like this instance, mm-hmm. we know where the best place, the next best place to go allocate capital for you. 
right? To help optimize the the assets and the balance sheet to get you where you want to go. So I think that's that's well said. Um, and another point that you bring up that I think is worthy to note here, um, because it happens more during downturns. I feel like people are like uh, pay more attention to what's going on in the economy and what's failing or what's not going to fail and who's going to get bailed out and not get bailed out. And it kind of makes us want to go place these bets on the market. And I, I like the way you get, you kind of, it, it, it truly is a gamble to go put money on an individual company, right? Because we don't know who's going to win and who's going to lose. Um, so you can think of it broader base, right? We can think of it in terms of building, a, I like to think of it as building your own casino and placing all, basically saying I'm all in on capitalism, which is an indexing type strategy, or you can choose to go buy individual companies. Um, you and I've talked about in the past, we I believe much more so in, in investing broadly versus investing in individual company. Um, mm -hmm. But some people want to do that right now. Yeah, yeah. And I think the reason for that is you see people are paying more attention to stocks maybe than they ever have before. <laughs> and so you yeah. see, oh my gosh, ExxonMobil is down how much? Or oh my gosh, uh, Southwest Airlines is down how much? Or oh my gosh, such and such company is down how much? Right. And you never knew what those companies were up or down in the past, but now all of a sudden they're all over the headlines. You say, well, Southwest Airlines can't be down that much. If it's going to come back, is now a good time to buy it? And, and I don't know, and I don't know what your opinions are, Scott, but I think anytime you go through a recession, there's going to be some major shakeups, and there's going to be some huge winners coming out of this. And if you buy that stock, you'll do really well. But there's also going to be some huge losers, and there's going to be some companies that maybe never – uh, that never return to where they were, maybe even go out of business or get consolidated with something else. And so as you're buying individual stocks, yes, maybe there's potential for more outsized gain today, but with that also comes potential for uh, a much greater loss than maybe would be expected in normal times. Fully agree. And, and it reminds me of the stat when, I went, when I've gone back and looked at this. Like if you miss the top 10% of the winners of the S&P 500, your return is dramatically reduced mm -hmm. relative to just simply owning the basket. And so the question you always have to ask yourself is, am I smart enough to pick the top 10%? And when we go look at academic, when we take the research on it and we go look at like the people who should be best at that, do they pick the top 25%? The fund managers of actively managed funds, they don't mm -hmm. over time, right? They, they, they fail at that and that's their full-time job. So if I, I don't think, you know, for most people, I don't think it's wise to go choose to pick those winners and losers. If you want to do that with a little bit of fun money and a fun money account, because it's just a good time, great. But I wouldn't bet your life savings on it. Yeah. Yeah. Not going to bet the retirement account on Carnival Cruise stock right now. No. Not saying it won't come and, back, but sure. <laughs> there's some risks. Uh, you, you can also buy a barrel of oil for more than I can buy a pizza for right now. Yeah. Right. But I don't want to take delivery of a barrel of oil, so I'm not going to go. There are negative play, rates today, weren't they? Play in the futures market. I think yeah. they might have. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, where were we? <laughs> What's we were at, next here. Um, we, we were at where where we should where we should put the fund. Where we should put it. So, okay. Mm -hmm. Yes. So ideally, in a retirement account, if you haven't maxed that out yet, if you want a little fun money because it's fun for you to try to see what's going to recover quick, uh, that's fine. But make sure you're doing the fundamentals first. Um, one question a lot of people have, Scott, is when it comes time to investing, especially when you have a larger lump sum, uh, maybe you sold a property or maybe you got a big bonus or maybe you got an inheritance, whatever it is, 
for people that have larger lump sums, the question is, should I invest this all at once? Or should I spread this out and invest a little bit at a time over the course of the next several weeks, months, years, etc? What are your thoughts? Yeah. So, uh, well, when you go look at the, you actually go look at the research looking backward on what would be, how would you be better off, whether you just invested all of it today or you, what you just called, what you're doing is a version of dollar cost averaging. Mm-hmm. Like it just, let's just pretend that you just got a, a $120,000 bonus. And so you really have, I mean, nice. you have a multitude of options, but let's say you, that's your money and you can do it to what you want. How do you go put it to work? Well, you can either put the 120 to work today and not worry about what happens thereafter and let it go grow for a long period of time. Or you could choose to slice up that 120,000. Let's just say you slice it up into 12. And so you're mm-hmm. going to put $10,000 to work at the first of every month for the next 12 months or you know, any time period you want, quarterly, whatever. You can elongate it as much as you want. When we go look backward on, on, the, on the probability side of things, um, it's typically beneficial to just put it all to work at once. But what works against us is um, what, what you really have there is a potential regret, mm-hmm. right? If you go put it all to work and then it goes down 20% more before it starts climbing its way back, that could feel really painful to you. And if, and if it's going to feel overly painful to you, then uh, dollar cost averaging in might be a smarter way to go about it. So you don't deal with the regret. Now, looking back on it over time, it's typically more beneficial to go do that lump sum, even though there is a chance that it could hurt you in the near term. But you know, if, if you, you have to make a choice between the two, am, am I okay accepting the fact that this could go down, but I'm locked again, if, if what we just talked about, your time horizon's long, not necessarily going to matter time, p- trying to perfectly time hitting a low or something like that. It, it doesn't really work market timing as far as we can, when we go look back on markets and try to figure that out. So best not to do that, but one way to avoid the regret of the down and then the way back up is to just make a plan of I'm going to invest that $120,000 over this period of time on these dates and then just go do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Well, I agree. I, I agree. I think that obvi- obviously there's no question when you look at statistically what makes more sense, putting it all in at once makes the most sense. But, but you also have to take into account that a big part of this is how, what regret minimization. How do you minimize the amount of regret you could face? Because when it comes to successful investing, yes, it's about owning the right funds, the right portfolio and all that. But more often than not, it comes down to your behavior as an investor, significantly more often than not. And so if, if investing a large lump sum is going to cause you to get spooked and to be scared and to stop what you're doing, and sometimes you know, justifiably so, it can be very scary. If that's the case, then yes, you should do the, the dollar cost averaging. You should do exactly what you're saying if that's going to help you get into the market where you should ultimately be. If you can invest though, and if you're going to say, look, I get it, markets go up and down, but I don't need this money for quite some time, then you're going to be better off most of the time uh, just simply investing that and letting it do what it needs to do. Yep. Yep, absolutely. Fully agree. So what next? I mean, that that kind of covers it. What... um, I guess one thing that we always want to look at is people say, oh, the market's down as a a good time to buy the market. And this is just a reminder that there's not one single market. What we're always seeing is the S&P 500, the Dow Jones, and that's just tracking the the, the 30 or the 500 largest companies here in America, depending on the index you're looking at. 
Mm-hmm. And year to date, the S&P 500 is down about 12.5% as of the time that we're recording this, which right. actually is a, a, quite a bit of a recovery from where it was down just a, a few short weeks ago. Yes. Uh, but while the S&P is down 12.5%, that's just big U.S. companies. Small mm-hmm. U.S. companies are down a little bit over 20%, and international companies are down closer to 26% if you just average them out as a whole. So I think you're flipping those, but yes, that's the right idea. I think IFA's right. international is down about 20 and small caps down about 27. I'm looking at the wrong yeah. colors. Yeah. Color blind here. Yeah. So when you're looking at what does present the greatest opportunity, this is just another, another thing to keep in mind. When you are investing in your portfolio, uh, what asset classes are you buying? Because not all asset classes have the same experience over the past month or two. Mm-hmm. And they all have different risk and return parameters. And when you, you know, building a portfolio is really putting pieces of a puzzle together based on your own goals and the amount of risks that you're willing and able to take. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, you don't necessarily just want to go, go buy one thing and call it a day. Right. Right. Yeah. Awesome. Well, anything else we need to add to this? I think it's a good overview of is now a good time to buy. Um, if you're if you're saving for the longer term and you have the ability to do it, um, the the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago, and the next best time to plant a tree is today. So, <laughs> go go plant some seeds if you have the cash flow to do it. If you have the cash flow, if you have the time horizon, then the answer should be a definitive yes. And, and assuming you have the temperament to be able to stick with it as the ups and downs happen, because the answer could be yes, now's a good time, but that doesn't mean that the next six months are going to be pretty or that there's not going to be any more uh, crazy ups and downs or volatility for the foreseeable future. Yeah, absolutely. No, the, the best the best thing to do is to, to get a savings mechanism going and then don't worry about you, when you're when you're building assets, you don't necessarily want to worry about the movement of price. You want to worry about the number of shares that you collect. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, thanks, Scott. I am um, offline. Maybe you can give me your hot stock tips. That's we are. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. You know me. <laughs> Buy, I know you. Buying oh, negative, negative stock, <laughs> not negative oil futures. That's for right. Sure. That's right. Awesome. Yeah. Well, good. Right. Uh, good seeing you through the screen here. See, you too. See you again next time. All right. See ya. See you later. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Real Personal Finance Podcast. We hope you're enjoying the show, and if you've not already done so, please subscribe. And if you're enjoying the show, please let us know by leaving a five-star review. We enjoy seeing what you think, and more reviews helps more people to find our show. And if you have a question that you want Scott and I to answer in a future episode, then head over to the Real Personal Finance website at realpersonalfinance.co. That's realpersonalfinance.co. There's a section on the bottom of each page there where you can submit your own question for us to answer in a future episode. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and should not be relied upon for a basis for investment decision. This podcast is not engaged in rendering legal, financial, or other professional services.